to see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. I can see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. What's going down? Welcome back to another episode of the Fuck This Shit Podcast. You already know what it is. It's your boy Dre back again. We start this podcast the same way each and every week. Thank y'all for taking the time out to listen to this shit, man. Your time is valuable, so I appreciate you spending some of it here. There's nothing more to be said about that. You know what I'm saying? It's a link in the show notes as always. You can follow the podcast on all social media platforms. You could call the voicemail number and you could leave a voicemail. As always, we play the voicemails each and every week. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Sorry, same voicemail as last week. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. Uh you can also subscribe to the podcast. It's an extra little $5. You get your episodes a day early. You get the video of the episodes and you get to be a part of the monetary thing that builds this whole thing up. I love you more than other people and all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? If you don't got $5, you can just tell somebody else to listen, share, like, leave a review, any of those things. Those are monumentally important to the podcast and they're just as valuable as money in my opinion. So please, please, and thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I guess since we got all that out the way, we get right into it, y'all. I don't, I don't got a ton going on, but I guess I do. I actually got, I actually got some really good news recently. Um, and it's weird because it's possibly going to change some things with the podcast. Um. I'll definitely still be able to do the podcast. I don't know how much I'll be able to post certain things from the podcast on social media. I don't know how, I don't know how that works. You know, I've never really had a job where I gave a fuck about them knowing about some of the wild shit I might say when I'm off the clock. And uh, if that changes, then uh, I don't know. I might need some feedback from y'all. I know some of y'all already got grown up jobs and maybe you say wild shit. You know what I'm saying? But, I can't just put everything private because that kind of defeats the purpose. It's not really able to uh, share the content. If you got to be quiet, you know, maybe I could find a way to post clips from the podcast and just leave my face out. Maybe I'll get a shiesty mask. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like porn stars have made the shiesty mask seem a little sus in more than one way. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, everybody's Twitter timeline look different. But when I see the shiesty mask, a lot of times it be anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity for me. But it may may possibly change some things. Hopefully not. We'll see. Um, I'll be sure to keep y'all updated, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can keep rocking this thing out the way we have. But for the foreseeable future, it doesn't look like we have anything to worry about at minimum. We still going to have the actual audio podcast. And for those who pay extra, they might get some video. But I don't know. I don't know how that how that works out. I do this podcast and I read story after story of motherfuckers losing their job because of some shit they did on social media. And 
I don't know if this is your first time listening or not, but if it's not, I'm sure you could think of at least one thing that I've said on here that you like, yeah, I could see the right employer not really fucking with that. So, you know, we'll see. I'm a, I'm a get back on it. If y'all follow the TikTok, y'all know I ain't posted shit on TikTok in over a week, but in truth, I had some technical shit going on. I wasn't about to piss myself off with it. All of that is fixed now. I'm saying we all up to date. Everything is looking good. Uh, you can even tell in the last few podcast episodes that it's been some technical difficulties on this motherfucker. That ain't been things ain't been moving how they supposed to. But we finally got all that shit cleaned up. So we, we back in the game. Um, But yeah, other than that, man, I am excited. You know what I'm saying? Personally, uh, I've been uh, I've been chopping it up with the. Uh, the host of this other podcast I listen to all the time. It's called the it's called the Trying to Parent Podcast. It's like trying the number two parent. It's a really good fucking podcast, man. If you got kids, if you want to have kids, it's a good ass podcast, bro. Like it is. They talk about all kinds of parenting shit, different things that they read about, stuff that happens in parenting overseas. They is super dope. Uh I'm trying to get on there this weekend if we can get our time schedules together because it's something I'm actually really excited about. So I'll definitely keep y'all tuned in for that. I'll make sure I post the links for that and stuff whenever that goes down. Um, and in the meantime, y'all check them out. They have some real good content over there. Um, other than that, man, this has been regular shit. So um, I guess I ain't going to keep y'all waiting too long. We can really get started with the podcast because some shit been happening. Fellas, hit me one time. We got to do better. Better. Got to do better, baby. I know we don't usually start off with this, but anytime we do, it's always worth it. I know y'all know what this is about. I shouldn't even have to read the article at this point. If you got a social media page and you black, you already know what we're talking about. We're talking about Kiki Palmer. Now, one thing about starting some shit on social media, and this to me is a rule of thumb everyone should follow. You need to know who you starting shit with. And if you're going to start shit with somebody who is beloved by the black community, you better be right as fuck. You better come correct as fuck. Because it don't really matter. It's some people who, like, okay, let me put it to you this way. If Janet Jackson does something wrong, she would have to do something crazy wrong. And it would almost absolutely have to be directly to black people in order for black people to turn on Janet Jackson. Black people not turning on Janet because she's beloved by the black community. It's different. Kiki Palmer is beloved by the black community. So what this dumb nigga did can't be described as nothing other than. For those of you who've been in a hole the last week, I suppose I'll get you caught up. Kiki Palmer's, Kiki Palmer's boyfriend, Darius Jackson, is feeling the wrath of social media after he called out the actress for an outfit choice. Palmer, 29, attended Usher's Las Vegas residency on Wednesday wearing a black bodysuit under a sheer dress. In a video circulating on social media, Usher can be seen serenading Palmer with his song, There Goes My Baby, as she sang the duo hug, or as he sang the duo hugged and swayed to the music. Palmer, a fellow singer, 
also had a brief turn at the mic. It's the outfit, though. You a mom. Palmer's boyfriend and the father of their son, Leotis, commented on Twitter in a response to the clip. Social media was quick to drag Jackson in applause. Don't hate. Don't date a baddie if you're going to be insecure. One fan wrote, not you jealous of your baby mother. You right. She's a mom, not a wife. Another person tweeted. Jackson doubled down later tweeting. We live in a generation where a man of a, where the man of a family. I'm sorry. We live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother of his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. This is my family and my representation. He continued. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. Man, he really thought he ate on that. Yeah. So the rest of this is just like other people's responses and all that other shit or whatever. Um, before I get into this, just in case you haven't seen the video, for those of you who got the video, I'm going to play it for you real fast. It's only a minute. So now, now we've seen the video, we've heard all the comments. You know social media be how social media be because you already know when we get these battle of the sexist type shits, you can already imagine some of the arguments that are circulating. But I want to start, honestly, where I want to start is here. My man fucked up the moment he hit social media with that shit. I think, honestly... I think anybody who's in a relationship has been in a relationship or even has a social media account at this point can tell you bringing your relationships problems to social media is never going to make them better. At, at worst, it may not blow the whole shit up, but it, it's never going to make it any better. It, it can only serve to make the situation worse. You just put more people in your business. You you are now the TV of the day. Now you're the story that motherfuckers care about. So motherfuckers going to antagonize that shit and poke at it in ways that they can. It's just, you just really don't want to be in that space. Don't do it. It's never a good look. But in this particular instance, the thing that bothers me most about, not even just that he went to social media with this, but how he went to social media was that his intention was to get the world against his woman and in my opinion that is the fatal mistake here 
it's it's beyond feeling uncomfortable with like being insecure in a situation, feeling uncomfortable with the outfit choices she's wearing. All of those things, though he may have expressed them in the wrong way, all those things are valid. Like anyone who wants to say that they have never been in a relationship where or never seen or been in a situation where they felt uncomfortable with one of the choices that they significant other was making, you probably not being honest with yourself. Like that's just the real. How you choose to handle that, that's really what matters. That's something that I say all the time. You can't, you never wrong for how you feel. You only wrong for how you act as a result of your feelings. So for him to see that video and feel a little insecure and see that outfit and feel like, damn, like you kind of out, you know, like, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, for him to have those feelings, there's nothing wrong with that. But what he should have done with those feelings is he should have took those directly to his woman and he should have had a conversation with her that we never knew shit about. There's no reason for us to ever know this happened. And that to me is the biggest, the biggest thing. When you're in a relationship, you're supposed to be on a team. For all intents and purposes, you on a team. You can have problems on a team. You can have disagreements on a team. Just because you're on the same team don't mean you're always going to see eye to eye. But at the end of the day, you can't beat each other. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's an issue that I see with people in relationships all the time is that they're trying to win. But you can't win. You can't win against somebody who you're on a team with. So you can't beat Kiki Palmer. You can't make her look so bad that now you look good. If you make her look bad, only one or two things can happen. You either lose her or you keep her. And now you look worse because you were a woman who you just made look bad. When Usher was singing to Kiki Palmer, you want to know the last thing from anybody else's uh, mind? A nigga named Darius? Bro, we don't even know this man. I wouldn't recognize bro, if Kiki Palmer's boyfriend sat in front of me right now, I still wouldn't know who he was. And he out here bugging and making this shit hot, blowing up his spot when you already date Kiki Palmer. Bruh, that's the flex. See, what you thought was, what he thought was, niggas is going to see Kiki Palmer getting sung to by Usher, swaying and dancing, and then they're going to look at me like I'm some kind of sucker. That's the insecurity that live within you. Because the truth of the matter is, I could have seen this nigga the day after Kiki Palmer was sitting up there swaying and singing with Usher. And he could have been like in casual conversation, like, oh, yeah, I got to go pick up my baby. Da, 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 da. Be like, oh, I didn't know you had a baby. Who's your baby mama? He'd be like, oh, Kiki Palmer. I bet you I wouldn't say, oh, the Kiki Palmer that was just singing with Usher. But I'd be like, bro, Kiki Palmer, Kiki Palmer. You're talking about the Kiki Palmer. That's you. Okay. Okay. That's what happens in real life. And now he done blown that forever for himself. Now, if I meet you and, and I know y'all still together, I know you feel a way about the way she moved. So you're not even happy to be with Kiki Palmer. You wasting it. You might as well give it to somebody else now, bro. And I bet that's how she feeling about it at this point too. Since you just tried to send the whole internet at her, got her like, this is, that's just crazy to me. Then they go back and find that he didn't posted pictures of her. You know what I'm saying? Like half-ass naked, just covering us up, talking about how she. It, he's proud of how her body's changed after she had the baby. Listen. 
I feel like most men can attest to this. For a lot of women, especially like real slim women who are like built real slim after they have a baby. That baby be that baby be changing things in all the right ways. You be like, nigga, where all this come from? This is me now. I ain't even have big booty. I got a big. Okay, this is why I'm living. This how I'm living now. You know what I'm saying? So I know he hyped. That's why he posted the picture. But what he don't understand is in the same way that he excited about that, she excited about that. She happy about that too. She got she got all this new body that she like, oh, I ain't have all this. She feeling sexy. She wanted whatever, whatever. Like, bro, you got to let her live in that. And if you can't be comfortable with that, you can't be with that kind of person. Like this not, the thing is when I watch people having this argument online is Kiki Palmer, not a principal at some elementary school, bro. Like the standards in Hollywood as to what is like, super revealing number one is it's not the same it's just not the same shit it's just a different world she a celebrity it's just different and i'm not saying that to say every man can handle that i can understand why a lot of men could never handle that but if you can't handle that you just can't be with her and that's just the way that works you can't be with her if you can't handle that but going out looking like this thinking you was gonna make her look bad all you did was made her more attractive all you did was make more people say, look how bad Kiki Palmer is. Over a show, bro. She's, bro, they are entertainers on camera at a show. Yeah, she fanning out over Usher like, oh my God, da 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 da, da bro. If you looked at the store, like that's what 85% of the women who went to the Usher concert was doing that. And 50% of them got a nigga at home. The reason why you are comfortable is because she could attainably like get in contact with Usher. She could really get in a space with Usher if she wanted to. But that was true before or after the show, whether or not she wore those clothes. Like she could, if that's what she wanted to do, then that's what she could have done, bro. Like it's just, it's about two things. You got to trust the person you with and you got to fight y'all battles together. Like, and that's the, the, that's all I got to say on it really. It's no, it's no part of me that could say what Kiki Palmer should or should not have done. Or if Kiki Palmer was my girl, I would never, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Like if it was me, I wouldn't have given a fuck. Like I just wouldn't have cared, bro. It's the logical conclusion, bro. If I went to nigga, if I went to go see uh Janae Iko in, in concert and she pulled me up on stage and sat me down on a chair. You know what I'm saying? And she get the lap dancing on a nigga. So I'm not about to get up. I'm not about to be like, oh, I got a girl. I can't go upstage. He's like, no, in this moment, for right now, I'm single, single. I don't even know. I don't even know my girl. While I'm up on this stage for this little minute, this is my this is my moment. I would expect her to do the same thing. Like, bro, you're not gonna get a chance to. I mean, ask yourself the honest question. How likely is it that this is going to be anything more than what you just saw? And, and if that's your real concern, bro, if you genuinely don't have comfort that the woman who you with is going to be real enough or, or, or 
if you don't think that she can hold it down just because of who she's in front of, bro, then like that's the real issue. And again, that don't need to be dictated in front of us, bro. The fact that he tried to flip it and make it like, oh, well, you know, uh, it's crazy that a man cannot want his woman to to be out here like this and you know want to have morals and the internet trying flipping on them. Nah, 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 bro. That's not what this is. You did this. Straight up. That video circulated. Had you not posted the tweets you posted, it would already be gone. Like, that's how, that is the crazy thing to me about people who are adjacent to celebrity in this way is they act like they don't know how it works. Imagine a world where her boyfriend never says anything about that video on her and Usher. How long are we thinking about the Usher and Kiki Palmer video? Does it even, it doesn't even register on your radar for the whole day. You might not even fucking stop at the shade room. You might just keep on fucking scrolling. Like Usher and Kiki Palmer at the shade room. You might look at it and be like, oh, that's cute. And then you just keep going. Nobody was under that post like, oh, don't she have a nigga? Don't she got a baby at home? You a mom. You a, like, that's trash, bro. That's garbage, bro. And that's one thing. One thing is, man, I think that we got to get a little bit better at is you want like, I feel like what happens is men want to police what all women on the planet can do to be based on, like, what they want in a woman. But that's just not the way any of this works. It doesn't fucking matter what women as a whole are doing. It only matters what the woman you choose to spend your life with and raise your children does. And that you two are on the same page about that. It don't even matter how nobody else feel about this shit, bro. All that matter is that you and the woman you with have an understanding as to what y'all find acceptable within each other's boundaries, what makes you feel respected and loved and all of that. That's what matters, bro. You out here worrying about what all the women in the world do because you're not secure in the fact that you ever going to find somebody that gives you what you need, that fulfills you in the way that you need. And I can understand how that can be nerve wracking. It can be you know what I'm saying? Anxiety inducing in a way that makes you look at the world around you and start blaming other things for why you don't have what you have or why things aren't the way you think they should be. But in truth, none of that shit fucking matters to you, bro. And that's part of this social media syndrome that I think has got a lot of people fucked up. And I mean this for real. Motherfuckers get on social media and it makes them feel like everything matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you because if you post a picture, technically the world could decide whether or not they like or not like this. If you say something, the world could decide whether they like or don't like this. When you say something, the world can comment. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what, you get all these dissenting opinions and it's, you see all of this shit all the time. But in truth, the only thing that really matters for you is the things that are in your like real life circle, like the people who you really interact with on a daily basis and how they feel and what they, excuse me, and what they need. Those are the things that really matter. It doesn't fucking matter what all these fucking strangers online think. It doesn't matter if, oh, these women online, all these women got OnlyFans and all these women, like none of that fucking matters, bro. All that matters is that if that's not something you cool with, you find a woman who's not down with that and it's fucking plenty of them. I was telling this to the homie, the homie Xavier, he was telling me about, we having a conversation about like some of the jokes he be telling and how like they hit in like 
mixed rooms. Like, it doesn't matter if it's black people, if it's white people, like, the jokes still hit. And he's saying, like, at first, she's kind of having an issue with that because he's like, I'm not really trying to have these white folks laughing at shit that's, like, for us, if that makes sense. But what I'm telling him is, like, bro, you can't give a fuck about what nobody say about your shit besides the people who support it. You feel what I'm saying? Like, when I do this podcast, I don't give a fuck who comes up under this commenting about how I'm an idiot and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about and all this other shit. I don't do it for them. I do it for the people who up underneath the same post saying, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Man, I feel you. Thanks for saying that. The motherfuckers who be in your inbox writing you talking about like, bro, man, I don't never miss an episode. But the people who come up to you in person and tell you how much they love your shit. Those are the people who I do this for. I don't give a fuck about people who don't like this. It's not going to take away from my money. It's only going to take away from my money if I stop serving the people who actually support me. And I know I, it, it kind of got away from the original point, but but all I'm saying is people get worried about everything, but there's only certain things that matter. You know what I'm saying? There's only certain things that actually matter to you. But anyway, that's what happened to Darius. And now he done fumbled the bag, bro. Internet bag fumbler, goofy ass boy. Because you could have been Kiki. Now you just Kiki Palmer's baby daddy. And and you know what? Last thing, the internet did kill this nigga. That's your baby mama. It's not your wife. Like, you want her to run around like on some like, bro, it's just your baby mama. You didn't do nothing but get her pregnant. You didn't make no further moves after that. I don't got no wife. All I got is baby mama. I understand. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like, oh, you a terrible nigga for whatever, whatever, whatever. But what I am saying is this, like, we don't even know if y'all live together. We don't know nothing about y'all relationship. Like now you got us all in your business. And all we can talk about is how you was all talking about what your baby mama should and should not do. But, you know, you had the chance to get with Kiki Palmer and she's just your baby mama. Like, what is you doing over there? Bag fumbling, fumbling bags like it appears you are prone to do. Anyway. We're going to take a short break, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to come back with some old shit. So, last week's episode that I ended up releasing to everyone with the video, just because, because I was supposed to be going on vacation. You're welcome. You're welcome for your free shit. I'm sorry. Um, by the way, that's only available on Spotify. When I be talking about the video episodes and all of that, y'all Apple podcast listeners, I don't think y'all have no access to that. I think that's just something that you'll have to ask a Spotify user about. Hold on real fast. I need to do something to adjust this lighting. Y'all, y'all who listen to the audio when I be doing stuff like this, and then you like, bro, why don't you just cut it out? Like, you, you edit the podcast. You could just take this part out. I could. I could, but I could also not. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, last week's episode, I recorded it right after the Supreme Court issued their affirmative action decision. And lo and behold, they um, released several decisions afterwards. Uh, one on the student loan forgiveness, one on some same-sex marriage stuff. So I guess we'll talk about, uh, you know, that stuff right now. 
<clears throat> and Supreme Court kills Biden's student loan relief plan. The Supreme Court on Friday invalidated President Joe Biden's student debt relief plan, meaning the long delayed proposal intended to implement a campaign trail promise will not go into effect. The justices divided six to three on ideological lines ruled in one of the two cases that the program was an unlawful exercise of presidential power because it had not been explicitly approved by Congress. Biden said the ruling was disappointing and about to take additional steps to relieve the financial burden on those holding student loan debt. I will stop at nothing to find other ways to deliver relief to hardworking middle class families. He said my administration will continue to work to bring the promise of higher education to every American. The court rejected Biden's administration's arguments that the plan was lawful under a 2003 law that called the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act. Uh, or the HEROES Act, the law says emergency, uh, the government can provide relief to recipients of student loans when there is a national emergency, allowing it to act to ensure people are not in a worse position financially as a result of the emergency. Chief Justice John Roberts said the HEROES Act language is not specific enough, writing that the court's precedent requires Congress to speak clearly before the department secretary can unilaterally alter large sections of the American economy. The plan, which would, have, would, which would have allowed eligible borrowers to cancel up to 20000 in debt, will cost more than $400 billion, has been blocked since the uh, 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, 43 million Americans would have been eligible to participate. The proposal was important politically to Biden, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. So... Y'all already know. I got I don't even pretend I got a dog in the race when it comes to the student loan shit. I got student loans, a lot of them. And I ain't trying to pay all that shit, bro. Like, that's fucking crazy. Y'all think I'm trying to pay all that motherfucking money in student loans. Y'all know I'm not trying to pay all that, bro. Ain't nobody trying to pay all that shit, bro. It's, I know... It's more compelling arguments. There are people who will be like, oh, this will allow people the financial freedom to do all these other things. And that's true, too. But I'm just saying I ain't trying to pay all that. When they take the 20 off my shit, you think I'm going to be done? You think if they take 20 bands off my student loans, I'm not going to have student, let the student loan debt no more? That's how I could tell y'all motherfuckers didn't go to college because you can't count and you don't know how it works. They're not charging 20 bands for no degrees out here, bro. If you got a degree, you got more than 20 bands of debt. Unless you didn't have no debt. And if you didn't have no debt, you know, she probably had parents who had enough bread to send your ass to school instead of you having to send your fucking self to school. And I know that there's people out who are saying something like, well, you know, I worked to put myself through college and all this other shit. Well, you know what I was working to do while I was in college? I was supporting my kids because I already had a kid already. And I know you're thinking, well, you didn't have to have a kid when you were 16. So then my question to you is, should I have decided once I had a kid at 16 to just sell crack or live on the streets or what? Or was like, still improving my life an option for me because if so then i would assume that the american dream is heavily rooted in the collegiate system so i would then go to college and i would go get these student loan debts because i would be under the assumption that i would then be able to subsidize my income with this new diploma i have i'm gonna be able to make more money because i've spent this money it was like an investment but then you come to find out as you in, into the other side of that program that it's like, uh, it's questionable how much more money you're going to make. And also, and also, it's expensive as fuck to just be a regular ass adult. It's almost like they only factored in the expenses part, never the paying it back part 
of graduating. And I know some people are like, oh, well, it depends on your degree. It depends on what you do. Da, 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 da. It's like my degree is in social work. You think it's just fuck the kids? That That's one of the biggest questions that I have for people who say that. Whenever people say, well, if you graduated with a different diploma, then you would have a better financial outlook. So your student loan debt is your problem. Okay, I hear that. But you do know that the degrees you're talking about, those are the degrees of the people who you probably use the most, right? Your teachers, your fucking therapists, your social workers, all of these people who hold up like mm -hmm, the mental health and fabric of your communities around you and the education of the children of, you know, the entire nation. Those are the people who have those degrees that you're talking about where they come out and they underpay. So, I mean, just fuck them. See, like, that's the issue with the way people think about America. People don't think about the things that we invest in as that, an investment on the country's future. You see, the reason why you want to invest in things that allow people a better opportunity to pursue their education is that way you don't have to outsource the resources to hold up the structures that you already have in place. Have you ever noticed that when you meet immigrants who aren't, and I promise you, I do not mean this in any kind of fucked up way. I think most people will feel me on this. When you meet immigrants who aren't from South America or Mexico, do you ever realize that they're almost always doctors, engineers, scientists, things like that? It's not because they're inherently smarter than Hispanics. It's because they come over here on a different visa. They come over here on a visa that's basically based on the fields that they work in because the United States has a need in those fields. So they will allow people to come over here and bring their families as long as they can fulfill those needs. But what that shows is a deficit. I don't have an issue with them bringing Indians and Africans and all these people from all over the world over here to be scientists and doctors. I don't give a fuck. That's cool. Like if you want to come to America, we got a job for you. Pull up. But what's not cool is the fact that America does not produce enough of those people when we have enough of those people because we are too rich of a nation to have an educational system that's this bullshit that doesn't produce what we need. So the thought process of making school more attainable and more affordable so that more people will go, it's not a handout. Like, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. A lot of this shit is not a handout. They don't do it because they give a fuck about people. They do it because they give a fuck about being able to maintain their power globally. So they need the nation to stay strong to a certain degree. And if you starve all the kids, then they can't pay attention to school and they don't learn how to read when they grow up. So they're trying to give out food stamps so that they can, you know, like reduce childhood poverty so that they can increase productivity in the workforce. It don't have shit to do with no bleeding heart or caring about how no black folks is doing. But you know what? If I was hungry, I wouldn't give a fuck why you was giving me the food. So I still continue to advocate for those policies. But what blows me is that there's literally people who advocate against those things under the guise of, oh, we don't want to be a nation that just gives things away. This isn't just handouts. People need to work for what they have. Bruh, you don't understand the bigger picture. And more than likely... You are part of that working working class of people who just uphold this really fucked up system to begin with. And you trying to find a way out. So you trying to find somebody to blame. So you want to blame 
immigrants who come over here or you want to blame black people in poverty or any of these other things, any of these other things for the reasons why shit ain't the way it is. But the way shit is the way it is is because the people who govern over us aren't interested in making our lives any better. They just interested in maintaining their power and, you know, shit like that. So, yeah, that's all. I mean, brother, the student loan shit just blows me, bro. It, it, all of it does, bro. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> also, all these motherfuckers is correct. A few months ago, them reports came out about Clarence Thomas taking all those fucking trips from that big right wing billionaire mega donor. And that was not as big a story as it should be. Like, Supreme Court justices are lifelong appointees who control pretty much everything in this country when it comes down to it. Damn near anything can end up challenging the Supreme Court, and they pretty much have the final say on whatever they say. So it's kind of a big deal that they don't just directly take money from right-wing mega donors, but it's not just it's not just Clarence Thomas. Um uh, Ocasio-Cortez slams Alito for corruption over student loan decision. Uh, AOC slams Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito for alleged corruption following the court's rulings on President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. The court struck down a debt relief plan in a 6-3 ruling Friday with the majority finding that the Biden administration had not received authorization from Congress to continue the thousands of dollars in loan forgiveness for many borrowers. Alito has faced Chris, uh, uh, cannot talk. Alito has faced recent criticism surrounding an ethical controversy about a flight he took that was paid for by a Republican donor. Progressives called Alito to rescue himself from the two. Uh, sorry, rescue. Can't read. Uh, Progressive called on Alito to recuse himself from the two cases concerning the loan forgiveness program as an organization that the donor leads filed an amicus brief supporting the challenges against the program. Justice Alito accepted tens of thousands of dollars in lavish vacation gifts from a billionaire who lobbied to cancel the student loan forgiveness. After the gifts, Alito voted to overtone. This SCOTUS corruption undercuts its own legitimacy by putting its rulings up for sale. So, yeah. The, <laughs> it's just so obvious at this point they be doing it right in our face, bro. Because they like, I'm appointed for life. It's nothing you can fucking do. Like, what you gonna do? Wait for me to die. That's what you gonna do. And then the motherfuckers who could put me out, who could replace me with a better motherfucker, they gonna lose interest. Like, just to give y'all a quick history on how this came up. They stalled Obama on being able to appoint justices at the end of his presidency. Then they let Trump get three, even though one of those was at the end of his presidency. So it's like, and then Biden got one, but she just replaced another liberal. Like it was such a carefully thought out plan. To and, and and the way that they took advantage of the opportunity, they only had Trump for four years and they shifted that court so hard to the right that it'll be like that for the foreseeable future. For the next 20, 30 years, the Supreme Court will be like this. 
And I just don't, I don't even know what else to say, to be honest. I don't have any more constructive thought on this. I don't have some transcendent message to follow this up with. It's just frustrating because I don't want to pay for all of my student loans. No, it's not. That's not the only reason why, but it's it's a big reason why, bro. It's just the corruption, all of that shit. It's hella frustrating. The other uh, the other decision that they had, it was about a it was about a web designer who refused to do same sex wedding websites. I'm not even going to read the actual story on this because I have a pretty good grasp of basically what went down. And there are some things about it that are just really interesting. First of all, the case that was brought before the Supreme Court was a web designer who was essentially saying that by building websites for a same-sex couple, it would be forcing them to say something they don't believe in because they believe that their artistic expression of creating the website is a form of their free speech and that their free speech is being violated if they cannot deny making a product for someone who has an ideology that they don't believe in or has something, whatever, something that's against their beliefs and they just use same-sex marriages or whatever, right? One of the things that came out after the case is that that never happened. Like this website designer never had a same sex couple approach them. It's all a hypothetical thing that they were like, well, what if this was to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And technically that's not like, oh, you can bring challenges in that manner. It's not unheard of, but it is worth noting to me that this didn't even happen. It's like an imaginary boogeyman because they love to make those. So on its face, the thing that bothered me the most about this was actually, you know what? Real quick, because we're doing this, and the next segment is this anyway, and this super duper applies. Let me take a moment, because we got to play the transition music for this segment. As I said on the phone, Yes Homo is an organization of LGBT unity. And LGBT? What is that exactly? It means lettuce, gay, bacon, and tomato, granddad. It means lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. The people you so callously. What's bisexual? That's when they go both ways. <laughs> yeah, y'all, this is lettuce, gay, bacon, and tomatoes. Sorry. Back into the into the story. So basically, web designer, fake story that they made up about having to make same-sex websites. So they ruled in favor of not having to do that. The issue with that is, see, the Supreme Court is all about precedence, right? And the point of this is to now allow people to essentially be able to discriminate against gay people in their businesses openly without fear of any kind of legal persecution. Now, there's kind of two sides to this because for me, if you don't want, if you don't want to fuck with me, I don't want to give you my money. So there is a piece of me that doesn't even give a fuck that if like 
I would rather there be a sign on the door that says you don't want no black people here than for me to come give you my money and you begrudgingly take it because you have to while you sit up here and scoff at me and call me nigga. You know what I'm saying? But the reason why I'm thinking about that is because I'm imagining myself walking to like a restaurant to get a sandwich or like some non-essential service. But here's the thing. I don't like this ruling because everything you need to be serviced for isn't a non-emergency. You see what I'm saying? Everything isn't as straightforward and black and white as, well, if I don't like the person who's administering the service, I don't want it. There's a, there's a chance that you have something that I need and you're the only one who has it. And it ain't got to be about whether we like each other or not. I just need to be able to come in here in a free enterprise, free commerce system. I just need to be able to come in here and give you these motherfucking dollars. You give me my shit and I walk the fuck out. Also, I'm just not really for anything that basically says, sure, go ahead and feel free to discriminate freely against anyone you want to. There's always been like as as a website designer or someone who does something like that, if you didn't want to create a same sex website or you didn't want to do those things, there's tricks to the trade where people do stuff like that all the time. They'll tell you they're not available. They'll tell you that the timeline is so far out that they can't get to you. Like if you are a website designer and someone comes to you to do a same sex website and you don't want to do it, you ain't going to fucking do it. And you didn't need a Supreme Court ruling to back that up for you. To me, this was all about creating a precedent for somebody else to deny something based on what they don't believe in. Now, so this isn't directly about same-sex marriage. You could walk in and it could be, I don't believe in interracial marriage. I don't believe in shit black people at all i don't believe in i don't believe in in fucking internationals coming over here to america like it sounds like you making shit up but like that's kind of the point is that people will make shit up like this precedent just allows people to be able to disrespect and discriminate against people in whatever way they want to and it's a problem to me that we now live under a supreme court and we know that that's how they're going to defer on their decisions when it comes to respecting the rights of minorities or marginalized groups in this country they will always always lean to the side of the existing white supremacist structure or the corporate interest that best drives the situation they will never give a fuck about what happens to the people at the bottom of that or at the end of that whatever happens when the shit trickles down they don't give a fuck because you got two justices who over here literally getting bought and the rest of them over here just fucking wackadoos except for three and what they gonna do three against six. It's just, it's a frustrating ass situation to live in in this country and it's fucking trash that we have to. And it's just, ugh. It's dumb as fuck. Oh, you know what? I really went over to lettuce, gay bacon, and tomatoes too early because we over here talking about all of this shit, the Supreme Court and everything like that. We over here in the judicial branch. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all remember three branches of government. You know what I'm saying? We got the judicial branch. We got the executive branch. And then there's one more. You know what I'm saying? Leave it in the comments and I'll give you a free wristband, but you got to pay for the shipping. Uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, hold on. We gotta we gotta talk about my man's real quick. Sorry. Okay, bye. <laughs>
Yeah, man, we got to talk about my man Joe Byron in the White House, man. They found some of that Yola. <laughs> Cocaine found in the West Wing of the White House while President Biden was away. What well, we know. The White House was temporarily closed Sunday evening after Secret Service agents discovered a white powder suspected to be cocaine inside a work area in the White House or in the West Wing. Sorry. The uh, Secret Service said in a statement that the White House was closed to allow members of law enforcement to investigate and the District of Columbia Fire Department helped to eva uh, evaluate the substance. The fire department quickly determined the item to be non-hazardous after initial evaluation. A spokesperson for the Secret Service said a department uh, and medical emergency services field test Sunday evening identified a yellow bar, meaning cocaine hydrochloride. After a dispatch at 8.49 p.m., According, I mean, hey, listen, whoever it was, at least, you know, they got that. It, it could have came back for that Savage Fenty. You know, they cutting shit up. You never know what your drugs got in them nowadays. I always say if I was a recreational drug user, this is a scary time to be out here in these streets because there's no telling what's in your shit. So at least we already know, you know, whoever in there, you know, they just got that, that shit straight from the uh, CIA. <laughs> Earlier than in the evening, the District of Columbia Fire EMS crews were sent to 17th Street, which borders the White House. Neither call, however, mentioned the White House. Members of the public who tour the White House usually are allowed to visit only the East Wing and residents. Tour members are typically not permitted to visit the West Wing, which is where the president, vice president, and other senior administration officials have their offices. The substance will be tested further, according to the Secret Service. The item is sent for further evaluation and investigation. To the cause and the manner of how it entered the White House is pending. President Joe Biden and his family were away from the White House when the substance was discovered. Biden departed for Camp David on Friday. Um, yeah. So, apparently it was surprising to the rest of the world that rich and powerful white people do lots of cocaine. I watch a lot of TV, so, you know, I watch, uh, what's that show? Uh, come on now, I can't think of the name, with the man who looked kind of like a pug. Uh, he gay, he got hemmed up for fucking with little boys on set. Not little boys, but underage boys. Oh, my God, I cannot. Oh, House of Cards. There we go. House of Cards. I watch House of Cards. You know what I'm saying? I see Scandal. Oh, I've seen all kinds of television presidents and the people around them clearly high on cocaine. I've also seen these people talk in some of these meetings and they're clearly high on cocaine. So I'm absolutely not surprised that somebody who was in the West Wing had a little bit of cocaine. What I am surprised by is the fact that they tried to hide it in a little cubby to come back later for. It. See, that's the thing about drugs. If you ever find yourself in a position where you think, I might get caught with these drugs. You can't try and hide them so you come back. You got to dispose of them completely. You got to just get new drugs. And I know I said it earlier in a world where it's fentanyl all in the drugs and shit. You like, man, you don't understand. I finally got me some of this good A1. I got to come back for this. But see, now whoever this is, you know you fired. You know you fucked up, right? They about to go through every ounce of video footage in here because it's an election coming up. They got to make sure the motherfuckers know that this ain't Joe Biden's cocaine. Even though, if I had to guess whose cocaine it was, I'm going with Hunter. I'm not going to lie. So, see, 
for those of you who are not really involved in politics that much, you may not know how much fuss has been made about Hunter Biden in the last four years or so. But ever since Joe Biden's first run for president, they've been like Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Apparently he was working for some big oil company in Ukraine and they was paying him way more money than a nigga like him is worth. And the assumption is that the reason they paid him all that money is because he has access to his daddy, who's really important in the United States. You know what I'm saying? So like it was on some like mm, we paying you because of who you know, not what you know type shit. And they was like, that was the big thing. It's like Hunter Biden, corruption, whatever. But Hunter Biden is also like a, a drug addict and like he's not he's a recovered drug addict. Apparently, there's a lot of things that he's written about about his recovery. But Hunter Biden was a wild boy. A wild boy. As in this article came up a few days before they found cocaine in the White House. And it made me think to myself. God damn, I wouldn't be surprised if this was Hunter's cocaine. Now, listen, I'm not trying to start buying administration conspiracy theories. I don't really think this is Hunter's cocaine. But I'm just saying, if you knew that somebody had filmed themselves smoking crack behind the wheel, driving 172 miles an hour on the way to Vegas, would you not think perhaps they might leave a little cocaine at their daddy's job? Hunter Biden apparently filmed himself smoking crack behind the wheel of a car in 2018, the same year he took a picture of himself driving 172 miles an hour in a Porsche, according to thousands of newly uploaded photos from his first son's abandoned laptop. Biden, 53, is seen flashing what looks like a crack pipe and smoking it while driving through a residential neighborhood in Arlington, Virginia, on June 12, 2018. Uh, <clears throat> according to the photos uploaded by Marco Polo, a nonprofit firm headed by former Donald Trump aide Garrett Ziegler, of course... Less than two months later, he was seen racing to Las Vegas on August 1st, which took a snap uh, when he took a snap of the car's dashboard, revealing he was going at least 172 miles an hour. The pictures were found on Biden's infamous laptop, which also contained messages to multiple women waiting on him to arrive in Sin City for a hot tub party. I don't have a bathing suit and I really, really wanted to wear a cute bathing suit. One of the women named Cheryl wrote to President Biden's troubled son, but I don't have any money to buy one. So then I'm going to have to just be naked, right? <laughs> The Vegas party, however, appeared to be more than some women expected. Another writing, honestly, babe, the problem is you have too many girls there. I understand you like a lot of girls. It's fine to do one at a time. <laughs> the Vegas trip appeared to have taken place during a weeks-long bender. Hunter Biden admitted to going on during a January 2019 conversation with a hooker, which was caught on video when he forgot to turn off his laptop camera while having sex with her. <laughs> oh, that's definitely a crack pipe. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture right here. If, if, if anything is a crack pipe, this is a crack pipe. The speeding incident was only one of several where Biden appeared to disregard traffic laws and safety, whatever. Um, yeah, the aforementioned Virginia incident shows Biden driving down Old Dominion Drive near Washington Golf and Country Club showing a crack pipe in hand. He's driving himself to Washington Dulles Airport after missing his flight to Los Angeles the day before, according to multiple records. While the two incidents, that is crazy. While two incidents didn't end in accidents, Biden was not so lucky in the past. His 2021 memoir, Beautiful Things, recounted one such case. The first son wrote, October 27, 2016, he nodded off behind the wheel while high and driving on the highway outside Palm Springs, California. Waking up an instant later, I found myself in midair, the car having jumped the soft curb and passed on the passing lane and soared at 80 miles an hour into the cloudless blue sky. 
heading into a ghost that divided I-10, he wrote. The car spun in the westbound lanes the same direction as the oncoming traffic. Miraculously, there was a gap in traffic until my car stopped dead in the emergency lane, hissing and coughing. While Biden has since gotten clean, the consequences of his drug use and laptop photos continue to plague him with the first son currently facing a civil lawsuit from the Delaware computer repair shop John, uh, owner, John Paul Mac Isaac. Dang. Yeah, Biden also had to plead guilty to federal tax and firearms charges stemming from a U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss's years-long investigation into his tax affairs. Yeah, that's why I said Hunter Biden is a wild boy. Now, do I think that that takes away his dad's ability to be president? No, I don't really give a fuck about that. Like, you can't control your kids, bro. Your kids be out here wild, and especially if your parents are rich and famous or powerful or something like that. More often than not, you see them kids be a little fucked up. So, I mean, this seems to me about par for the course. That's all I'm saying. Hunter is a wild boy, and I don't really think that was his cocaine. But... If it turned out to be Hunter's cocaine, I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh, gasp. <laughs> um, back to lettuce, gay, bacon, and tomatoes. We have to, to do a little shit. Montana man who set out on violent mission to rid town of LGBTQ people gets 18-year sentence. Y'all not even gonna lie. Before I read this, they really show who they don't give a fuck about when they be handing these sentences out. I don't know what, I don't know the details of this story yet, but violent mission to rid town of LGBTQ people. I feel like 18 years seems a little light. I, a man who shot up a woman's home with an AK style rifle before setting out to rid his tiny Montana community of his LGBTQ plus residents has been sentenced to 18 years in federal prison. John Russell Howard, Howold, Howold, was convicted by a federal jury in February of a hate crime for firing at the woman who was a known lesbian and targeting other LGBTQ residents in the Basin, Montana area. The sentence was handed down by Chief U.S. District Judge Brian Morris will be followed by five years of supervised release. Howell fired, fired multiple shots into someone's home based solely on her sexual orientation and the only heroic and brave and only the heroic and brave actions of residents and law enforcement, as well as some good fortune, prevented the targeted mass shooting. Uh, it's the kind of conduct that has no place in Montana. Basin is an unincorporated community about halfway between uh, but, but, Butte, Butte, Butte. Oh, it is Butte. Butte, Montana, and Helena. The U.S. Census Bureau tabulated its 2020 population at just 267 people, giving this tiny town a lively and electric feel. Hell no, bro. Group of churchgoers thwarted the deadly mission. Okay, plot twist. Court documents say Howell set out on Sunday, March 22nd, 2020, in a self-described mission to rid basin of its LGBTQ plus inhabitants armed with two assault rifles, a hunting rifle, two pistols, and multiple high-capacity magazines taped together to accelerate reloading. He first marched to the residence of a woman he believed to be lesbian. Bro, dog, it's 267 people in this whole town. If... 10% of the population is gay. You ain't got to kill but 26 people, bro. What you need 500 bullets for? This, whatever. 
this that gun culture shit, bro. This that gun fanatic. I got all these weapons. Now it's time to go do something with them ass shit, bro. Y'all keep y'all keep pushing having a house full of guns. Like it don't be crazy people who whatever. What the fuck ever. After firing several rounds at the woman's home and property, he continued towards other base and homes where members of the LGBT community lived. A group of churchgoers who knew Howell stalled stalled him as he fired more rounds and yelled about his hatred of LGBTQ plus people and his determination to clean them from his town. Howell then pointed the rifle at a Jefferson County Sheriff's deputy who responded to the scene, nearly prompting a shootout before fleeing into the hills. The document said he was arrested the next day, armed with a loaded pistol and a knife. Officers found multiple other weapons and ammunitions in Howell's car and camper. This defendant sought to intimidate, even terrorize an entire community by shooting into the victim's home, trying to kill her for no reason other than her sexual orientation. Look, listen, every time some shit like this happens, this is how I feel. And I never wanted to be mistaken that what I'm saying is I want the police to murder everybody because that's not what I want. But, bruh, the amount of restraint that they managed to show these fucking white people blows me. This nigga just shot up this chick's house with a fucking AK and then went looking for the rest of the gay people so he could shoot them out, shoot them up, pointed his gun at a sheriff's deputy and then just ran off in the hills to see another day. Then y'all arrest him peacefully, still strapped with a gun, a knife and a shitload of ammunition. All the black people I've seen y'all murder over a phone, a watch, a motherfucking nothing, empty hands. The black skin covering their body been enough for them to get murdered out by police. And this man is over here like, I'm going to kill all the gay people. And y'all are like, well, well, let's talk about this. If everyone could just calm down and cooler heads will prevail, man. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all, bro. And fuck all these people who like, that's why this shit, like the shit motherfuckers like this be on. This is why I be telling y'all all this. They got the gay agenda. They trying to groom the kids. They trying to do all this. This is what I mean when I tell y'all that that shit is dangerous as fuck. Bro, if you don't like gay people, just don't fuck with them. I ain't met not one gay person on this planet who just been walking the earth looking for straight people to fuck with, bro. Like just live your damn life. And let these people live their lives because maybe I just sympathize with knowing what it feels like to be hunted in the country that you live in by a segment of it. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the same as living in a violent area or being somewhere where random crime occurs or anything like that. That's not what we're talking about here because there are certain groups that the way they talk about us in the media, the way that they have demonized us throughout history in this country, it literally makes us a target to mentally unstable people. Because you mix when you mix the way that they propagandize what being black is and what being gay is and what being any to being a fucking Hispanic, being an immigrant, when you see the way that they propagandize what those things are and you mix those with the way that they fetishize guns in America, that creates pockets of this country that are literally always in danger. Because there's always a crazy motherfucker watching Fox News trying to figure out why he needs to exterminate his his fucking this this fucking group out of his community. How he needs to cleanse his community from whatever evil is fucking coming up against them. But like that shit is dangerous. 
is I'm not on no PC like, oh, no, I just want to be politically correct. I want to pander to this group or that group because I want to be accepted and blah, blah, blah. Nigga, I ain't going to no gay bar. I don't give a fuck if gay people accept me, quote, unquote. I'm just not a piece of shit who wants to come out here and disrespect people and create an environment that makes somebody else's life less safe than it should be otherwise, bro. I want them to feel free to live their life and do whatever the fuck they want to do, just like I would like to be able to do myself. And I guess that makes me a pandering ass pussy who just wants my kids to grow up gay and get fucking groomed by the gay agenda because I don't want gay people to get murdered out in the streets just because of who they like to fuck on. Like, whatever, bro. What the fuck ever, bro. I got one more for y'all, man. This one I got to How long we been at this? You know what? No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for later. I'm going to save it for later, y'all. Because you know what? It's been a while since we did this one. So I actually got a lot for this little category right here. So let's hit them with a little bit of music. Y'all, it's been a while since we checked in on these white folks to see what they've been up to, uh, what's been in their news stories that pertain to them. You know what I'm saying? And it's some, some, some shit with the whites that's been going on. So I feel like, you know, uh, let's check in and see what they got cracking. <clears throat> First of all, I have a very surprising story that falls under white people do this. You know, I've had many instances where we put white people on here for being women high school teachers fucking on the kids or just doing anything that all the other races would consider some weird white people shit. So, you know, sometimes they switch it up on you, do something you wouldn't expect. I feel like it deserves a little notice. Pastor and son charged with dealing weed and mushrooms out of North Carolina church. Now, maybe I'm a racist, but I was certain these were niggas. I knew these were niggas. There was no doubt in my mind that these was niggas. They not. A North Carolina pastor and his son are facing felony drug charges after authorities say they caught the pair operating an illicit drug operation out of a church. Josh Price, 50, and Matthew Price, 28, were arrested this week after deputies seized about 12 pounds of marijuana, 32 grams of mushrooms, 41 vape pens, 20 marijuana plants, and two pounds of wax. From the Southside Baptist Church. It's called Southside Baptist. If you looked on Google, was looking for a new church home, and you seen Southside Baptist Church, tell me you would expect to walk in there and hear them singing, my God is an awesome God. No, that's not what you expected. <laughs> you know, you you wanted to hear that good shit, nigga. You was, you was waiting to hear a tambourine and an organ. Ain't no tambourines and organs at Southside Baptist, but what they do got is pipes and bongs. They got some papers. <laughs> Deputies responded to the church in Lexington, about 60 miles northeast of Charlotte. After receiving reports, somebody staying in the fellowship hall behind the church was manufacturing marijuana. 
Following an investigation, deputies charged the pastor and his sons with manufacturing marijuana, trafficking marijuana, possession with intent to sell and deliver THC wax, three counts of felony maintaining a dwelling, possession of intent to sell and deliver marijuana, and and conspiracy to traffic marijuana. I'm telling you, y'all, I was this deep. This was going on. We got to do better. This was not a white people do this story. I knew this had, I knew white people had nothing to do with this, with the exception of the police. According to local outlet WBTV, the pastor told deputies the church had not been in operation and had been closed since the start of COVID-19 pandemic, but former members said the pastor closed the church prior to that. The church's Facebook page leased the eldest uh, Price's pastor. He could not immediately be reached by USA Today on Friday. The former church member, Mike Lambert, told the outlet he tried to warn the church about Price when the pastor first came to the church three years ago. I met him one time and our spirits didn't bear witness at all. And I did not think he was a pastor. And I told a lot of the members there, y'all better watch out for him. (laughs) Yo, he pulled up smelling like that. Dang boy. I met him and he just didn't have that pastor vibe. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like this is pastor. Mark was seeming a little bit too much like pastor Troy is the problem. He came in. (laughs) I'm just trying to, Bro, it's genius. It's genius. They say, we're going to start this thing off the right way. Secret. Nobody going to be looking for us. Who's going to look in a church for a drug dealer? Nobody. And we white. It was really a foolproof plan, bro. And I bet you they had that gas, boy. And boy, if you if you watering your plants with holy water, it got to be that fire. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? Next story. Ryan Seacrest named the new host of Wheel of Fortune. Y'all, I don't even need to read the story on this. There's some shows that when the hosts go, the show gots to go. How many of y'all motherfuckers is watching The Price of Rice with Drew Carey? Is it still Drew Carey? Did they take it from him and try and replace him with some other non-Bob Barker-ass nigga? Bob Barker is the host of The Price is Right, bro. I don't care if that nigga been dead for 100 years. We watch reruns of The Price is Right, and we guess on old prices, and it'll remind us of how inflation has riddled this country. But we will not be replacing these people from my past. It's, It's certain people who don't get replaced when they time is over the time is over y'all know pat, pat sajak is like some wild maga ass republican in real life fuck pat sajak but as far as when the wheel of fortune come over i don't want to see ryan fucking seacrest nigga this ain't american idol or whatever the fuck ryan seacrest was on i feel like he's just like stand-in white man they like oh well we can't find nobody else ryan seacrest to do it bruh no no, no, no. And then, and so you got Vanna White still on the show, sitting right there. If you was going to replace Pat with somebody, you could have let Vanna have her turn on the mic. You could have upgraded my girl. I heard something that said they've been paying Vanna White the same money for like the last 12, 15 years or some shit. And granted, it's like four million a year. It ain't nothing. 
but it ain't what Pat was making. I think Pat was making like 12, 15 or something like that. She making like four. I ain't saying I tuned in just for Vanna, but she definitely an integral part of the show. She definitely, I would rather see Vanna White get paid to Ryan fucking Seacrest, bro. I'm tired of it. Ryan Seacrest is the epitome of a mediocre white man getting billed for everything. I ain't never seen Ryan Seacrest on nothing. Be like, oh man, what a wonderful host. What a one. He's just a regular ass motherfucker, bro. Bring back the nigga who used to do TRL. What was his name? Uh, not Tom Daly. Damn, what was the motherfucking name from Seacrest? He used to look, or uh, not from Seacrest, from TRL. He looked like Joe Rogan a little bit. He, where my where my real phone at? Hold up, y'all. We got we got to Google this. TRL original host. Carson Daly. Yeah. Bring back Carson Daly, bruh. Y'all over here recycling these fuck ass niggas, bro. Nah, man. Bring me car. He's probably somewhere like strung out on on fentanyl or something like that we ain't heard of him in long enough where i'm not optimistic about what his uh outlook is right now but that's all i'm saying bro ain't nobody i'm not watching that shit bro tell me that y'all gonna watch the wheel of fortune with a new show jeopardy tried to replace alex trebek after he died bro they should have just shut the show down they had and listen if one of our it's, this is the beloved conversation again, how Kiki Palmer's beloved. These motherfuckers, we've been watching these old white men on TV for so long. You're not just going to be able to replace them with just anybody and niggas give a fuck. Jeopardy was on or something when they was going to give my man for LeVar Burton, my man for Reading Rainbow. They was going to put him on Jeopardy. I would have fucked with that. But whoever they pick, I don't even know who they pick because don't nobody give a fuck, bro. Yeah, bro. Put that man back on American Idol, bro. We're not fucking with that shit. Now, one more thing in white people news. We got some white beef, bro. You know, so I don't know if y'all niggas know that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have literally been saying that they're going to fight each other. Like in a ring, they're like, oh, we're going to do it for money. Like that'll be the funniest shit ever in my life because Mark Zuckerberg looked like a robot in the face and he seemed like a robot. And Elon Musk is definitely built like Bender from Futurama. Like he got a robot barrel body ass chest. So it's like, I would definitely love to see them fight. But as many of y'all know, the thread shit is really fucking Twitter up, bro. But before I even read the uh, the article, let me tell y'all, threads is exactly what Elon Musk deserves. That motherfucker took a public social media forum changed up all the rules and basically made it a fucking haven for white ring, white right-wing extremists and white supremacists and racists all the like. You know what I'm saying? Y'all remember when they first, Elon Musk first took over and motherfuckers was like, oh, we could say nigger now. Like that was the most hype thing in the world that motherfuckers could, could have. The, the biggest development in the modern century was the fact that Elon Musk brought nigger back to Twitter. Yeah. So he paid $44 billion. Billion. billion it sounds so crazy that it's like i gotta i gotta make sure that how much did elon Musk pay for twitter yeah four billion dollars according to time musk has acknowledged he overpaid for twitter which he bought for 44 billion dollars including 33.5 billion dollars in equity more recently he said twitter is worth less than half what he paid for it 
Yeah. $44 billion on something that wasn't worth $44 billion just so you could allow it to be racist again. Then because you know every fucking thing, because this is the thing about Elon Musk. He's one of those white men that I loathe. And the reason why is because you got branded genius off of basically just being white. Like there's nothing spectacular about Elon Musk. He's one of those motherfuckers who came into some money and like it burns me up how many people I know who feel like, man, if I just had the money to get this idea off the ground, I could be blah, blah, blah. So like everybody feels like they're one angel investor away from being Elon Musk, but then they want to ascribe genius to a motherfucker like Elon Musk. If you had millions of dollars of money that was basically built on the black, on the black, I'm bearing the lead, on the back of the fucking black people that you basically used in like a semi-slavery situation in apartheid in South Africa to get your family's inheritance and then you didn't use that to do something that's like a good idea. That doesn't make you a genius, bro. Like you had one good idea. Tesla was the one good idea. Ever since then, he's been promising to build tunnels that ain't been built, provide Wi-Fi that motherfuckers don't have, building ships that don't do shit but blow up on their way up into the air. Elon Musk ain't nobody's genius. And then also finally wraps it up with buying Twitter for $44 billion, right? When he gets it, he fucking starts firing people left and right because now he's going to make Twitter a business. It's not going to be a social media platform anymore because it wasn't profitable. And he's going to show them how to make Twitter profitable now. We're going to make you pay to get your blue check. We're going to have all these motherfuckers who paying for all this other bullshit that they shouldn't have to pay for. And you know, motherfuckers are not going to pay for something that used to be free. Not a nigga like Dre. I don't give a fuck if they was like, you got to pay the $3 just to log into your Twitter, bro. I would have just done something else with my time. I don't need Twitter. The reason why, I don't know if you realize that your Twitter don't feel the same way it used to. If you feel like you don't get the same engagement you used to, you feel like you don't see the same variety that you used to. All those are changes that Elon Musk made to Twitter. Twitter is intentionally not as good an app if you don't pay the money for it. So as a result, when somebody comes with a real competitor, motherfuckers flock to that shit. You know what I'm saying? So you can find your boy on threads. You know what I'm saying? At fuck this shit pod. You feel what I'm saying? Get to the article. Elon Musk fired most of Twitter staff and said their talents will be of great use elsewhere. Twitter's now threatening to sue Meta, accused the comp- accusing the company of hiring former employees to create a copycat app. Uh, Meta launches text-based app called Threads that competes with platforms like Twitter. In less than 24 hours, Elon Musk's lawyer sent a cease and desist letter over to Meta's app. The letter accuses Meta of hiring dozens of ex-Twitter employees and using them to create Threads. About eight months before Meta launches text-based app Threads, Elon Musk purchased Twitter and swiftly went on a firing spree, laying off, laying off almost half of the company's 7,800 employees at the time. The decision was met with some criticism, but Musk appeared to show little remorse in one tweet writing that he'd like to apologize for firing these geniuses. Their immense talent will no doubt be of great use elsewhere. Now Musk's attorney is going after Meta, alleging that the company hired some of those laid off employees to make the rival social media app. Some of those employees continue to have access to Twitter's trade secrets and other highly confidential information and improperly retain Twitter documents and electronic devices, the letter claims. Based on recent reports regarding your recently launched Threads app, Twitter has 
serious concerns that Meta Platforms has engaged in systematic, willful, and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property. A source familiar with both companies previously told Insider that there are a handful of ex-Twitter employees at Meta, but none of them are currently working on threads. Meta's communications director, Andy Stone, wrote on thread or wrote on the threads post that no one in threads engineering team is a former Twitter employee. That's just not a thing. Spiro did not respond to the request for comment since Tesla's founder took over Twitter. He had laid off about 80 percent or 6,500 Twitter employees, whittling the company down to fewer than 600 engineers. Musk said that firing many employees was one of the hardest decisions and not fun at all. Painful. Twitter has also introduced a slew of controversial changes, including fewer content moderation rules and a verification process that costs $8 a month. Meta employees have seen the chaos at Twitter as an opportunity to create a rival app for months. Threads officially launched on Wednesday and garnered about 30 million signups by the next morning. That is what happens when you make your product shit. Somebody will run up and take it. And this is, this really reminds me of kind of like what it's like in the service industry. Restaurant management treats servers as though we're all completely dispensable and interchangeable. And one of us is just as valuable as the next. And their belief is that their system is what holds everything up. And that reminds me of this Elon Musk situation so much. Elon Musk is like, no, Twitter is the thing that people want. They will come to Twitter because it is the brand that has already been established. And once I cut some of this spending, then I can increase the revenue, right? But what you're not understanding is part of why people came to Twitter is because it was a quality product. And that quality was held up by all of your employees. Also, if you fire a bunch of motherfuckers, right, they have to find other jobs and other positions. They only have one set of skills. So, of course, they're going to go to your rival companies and they are going to take their talents and quote unquote trade secrets the way that Twitter's able to streamline certain things. This is information that they now hold now. So when they're sitting in a meeting and they're like, oh, how do we overcome this obstacle? They're like, oh, just like this. All we have to do is this and it fixes this. So. Whereas threads may have been able to come about and Elon Musk didn't get rid of everyone who knew how to do Twitter and he would have a real competitive advantage because he has the existing platform and it would have been the better platform still and all this other stuff. Now you've got this platform that has all these issues all the time and all of this shit that be going on versus a platform that's brand new, people like new and shiny and a program that's run by all the people who used to run your shit. So we're going to assume as of now, it appears that it's going to work better. Like this is what you get when you think you always the smartest motherfucker in the room, bro. But that is also, I guess, the privilege of being ultra wealthy. Because when you're as rich as Elon Musk, what's $44 billion? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that even? Anyway, man, I had to jump on here, man. Give y'all a little short episode of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Make sure I tapped in with y'all. Uh, as always, man, make sure y'all doing all of the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Following all the social media platforms and- leaving the reviews. You can tap in and leave a voicemail. I should be featured on this podcast soon. I'll make sure that I tap in with y'all on the details on that. Um, Otherwise, man, y'all enjoy y'all week. Uh, until next time, peace. Yeah, double up the respect. 
Came through the wire, fresh out the fire, my mic check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself, it's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board, my nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab on it. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you not tuning in there. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and